What's going on, you guys? And welcome back to the Help More, Sell More podcast. I'm here with my friend, Joe Marcoux. Joe, hey, everybody. You? Let me interrupt Jeff. <laughs> Dude, we just practiced this in the dojo the, uh, yesterday. And if you guys don't know, uh, handling interruptions with grace is like a really fun exercise when you're role playing. I, I, I thought that was really beneficial when we did that as a group yesterday, man. Um, so thanks for thanks for rewarming me up here for it. That's uh, right, brother. So as you guys know, like Joe Marcoux, uh, I am also in sales and we have been doing sales for, I don't know, how many years collectively, Joe, would you say? Is it like well, 35, definitely, 40? Yeah, I would say collectively, uh, we're both, uh, I would say over half a century, right? Sounds, it sounds impressive. Right? Like, I mean, what I've been at this way. for over 30 years and you've been at this for close to 20 or over 20. Yeah. So all things being equal, when you say half a century, the power of words, guys, Yeah, 50, 50 plus years to, between the two of us. That is an epic way to put that. I love that. So yeah. welcome to the show, you guys. I am Jeff Burlingame. I run Burley Sales. Joe Marcoux runs the Sales Dojo, Army of One, and a whole plethora of other things, lead cycles, all that. You got, you got a lot going on, man, right? I have three businesses and they all are sales related and, and it's fun. It's really fun to be able to help people, whether we're doing it for you or whether we're getting people to come in and learn a valuable high income skill, which is really why you and I are here. Because I believe that what we're doing when we're focusing on helping more, we will sell more. And that's why this podcast and this information is here to help you guys, the listeners, get more out of your sales without feeling slimy or icky or terrible about it. 100%. And, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think as the show goes on, you guys are going to definitely, uh, you know, follow along with the theme as the, the this really evolves into something else. Um, right now, we're running a series of what are the some of the biggest mistakes that we see people making in sales. And again, I'm glad you brought up the, the name of our podcast exists for a reason, because we know there are many people out there who sell aka anybody who wants to make money at all, uh, business owners and salespeople alike. And we know that there are many, many gurus and books and things like that, that may be leading you in a direction that you're uncomfortable with. And today is going to be a good example of that. So today I want to talk about, and I hinted this, uh, you know, at this on episode two, I want to talk about false urgency, right? And I think we'll define it in a second, but let's start by trying to define it through story time. Let's get a little warm-up question here going. I think that was fun on episode two. So I want to carry this out on all future episodes. I think it's a great uh, opportunity to get started where Joe and I share a, a sales experience story with you. Something that either we've experienced directly or indirectly in our sales careers and can be a good method of like learning from that experience. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, there's something to be said for this example if you're in sales, questions are the way to be able to really develop the relationship. Stories themselves really help you get to that relatable space where people get to know you. You're asking questions to get to know them and their problems. When you are in that place where you're now presenting and you're telling a story, it really gets people listening in. So we've got, we've got a couple of examples today. And well, the theme of today was really about that false sense of urgency and mm -hmm. it comes down to ha have you ever had that feeling where am i getting bs here or have you ever <laughs> have you ever been in that position where it's like man yeah. i feel like i'm bsing somebody when like this it, there isn't any urgency here and let's preface it this way jeff 
there, there is something to be said that FOLO, fear of losing out, or FOMO, yeah. fear of missing out, like it's real. Okay. Army. And and it is a it is a it's a fair tactic to use as long as you are honest with it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think we can all agree you can you could go to a website. And I was saying this to you right before we started. How many yeah. times can you go to a website? They got the countdown timer on. The offer is only good for five more minutes. And then, <laughs> you know, if you go back tomorrow, well, that's still the, the countdown timer is still there and it's the same five freaking minutes. So it's like, well, this is bull. It's just, I'll yeah. say for what it is, it's bullshit. So forget yeah. it, man. Absolutely it, forget it. It's the same on like late night TV. You know, you get those infomercials. They're like, that's right. And if you call in the next 20 seconds, we'll send you not one, not two, but three the happy face sponges or whatever it is that they're they're selling right but it, it's a rerun like they just don't, don't give me the don't up. give me the don't give me the you know call me in 20 seconds bs just tell me if you do this we're actually going to give you this as a bonus but you don't have to create that what the whole point is the false sense of urgency now right. like having a deadline <sighs> is good like for example, and, and my business partner, Chris, in Lead Cycle says this, if you had your credit card statement show up and it's like, hey, Jeff, who's now standing up, which I love, man, because I'm, I'm always standing up when I'm doing presentations or whatnot, because it brings up your energy, highest energy. I got to get my energy up, man. Attaboy. <laughs> so so the, you know, the coming back to what my buddy Chris would say is if you got your credit card statement and there wasn't a deadline in terms of when you would have to pay it, you'd never do it. Yep. Right. I mean, Hey, it's free money. I don't, there's no consequence. So I get the, the sense of urgency does work. Be yeah. honest about it. So if you're going to offer somebody something where it's like, Hey, if you do this now, then that's it. It's got to be a one-time offer for them. You don't want to have that go back to that website and the timer's back on type thing because you know what? That's cheesy and it, it's going to catch up with you. And in my experience, I was a rep for a bicycle company. There was uh, a new sales uh, VP that came into play and we had, it's, we had uh, some inventory that they wanted to liquidate. So they put product on sale and it's, it, it was, it needed to be done by October 31st. You needed to buy this stuff, these, these bicycles by X, or you weren't going to be able to get this price. Mm -hmm. So we pushed out all these bikes. The problem that I had with, with the deal was unbeknownst to me, the upper management found, like we found out later that they obviously knew. So on, on again, the, the sale ends on October 31st we had access to be able to see all the inventory that was still coming in. Mm -hmm. And so we had, you know, 800 of these bikes in stock and suddenly we're dwindling down to, you know, 300, 200. And then all of a sudden we've got 1200 of these bikes in stock again. And I'm like, WTF, what do you mean? We, yeah. How did this happen? And they had, so suddenly we had more bikes of the exact same bike, exact same model, no, no changes, and we were stuck in the same position and they, they, I, I felt terrible with like three days or two days left on this, in this promo. Now I'm like, I've got to promote this. And it was like, I felt lied to, and I'm now propagating this lie 
yeah. to my clients. And um, yeah, I just, I was, yeah. So I actually called up a couple of my, my clients and it's like, you know what, if you want to be able to get extended terms on this order that you just got, let me know. Like it was a cat supposed to be a cash deal. And yeah. uh, I said, I'm, I'm going to provide you the terms because we got more of these bikes in stock. It's just, I, I just don't, you know, I, I, you know, we sold a yeah. ton of bikes. We pissed off a lot of people. It's just not worth it. How about you? What, what's your example of false urgency? Yeah. And, and I think that's good that you, you brought up, you, you pissed off a lot of people because that big is time. one of the big things we're going to dive into here in a little bit. So I told you before the show, I was going to mention like a, a treadmill sales example, but I think I'm going to save it for another episode. All right. Uh, Cause I think it'll play better to that. What I'd like to use instead for false urgency goes along with your, your promo idea. Right. So I worked for a, a very large, I call it a corporate gym, just like think, 15 to 20,000 square foot multi-level uh, gym with an escalator or two in it. So this, this wow. one gym, for example, was in Alexandria, Virginia with three levels above us was a business suite, like skyscraper, right? So we're like base level of the skyscraper. There's an elevator outside escalator, top floor, cardio, main floor weights, bottom floor was like, uh, they, they had a, a basketball court and, uh, you know, a pool and a few other things down there. Got right. Yeah. So gigantic. Right. And I was in charge of the personal training department at this and six other gyms. And every month we had extremely, uh, difficult and, uh, high, um, sales goals, right. For personal training, uh, give you an example, like each month we were doing around $400,000 in personal training, uh, between those seven clubs. So we're, we're aggressive. Like we had to be, we had to hit these numbers or else, you know, you get fired, you get demoted. Yeah. And one of the things that would come around is basically every quarter we would run a promo on personal training. So the, the price of personal training would drop essentially by 15 to $20 a session. So we're running, uh, uh, there were, there were 30 minute sessions, normally like 50, 60 bucks. And we had them down to $45 just for this promo. So what would happen is we sold packages. So I'm selling a uh, common package would be like 40 personal training sessions. 80 would be great. And then sometimes you get those big whale clients that go for like 160, 300 whale, meaning they have a lot of money to of spend. Course. Not yeah. that they were gigantic. That wasn't yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, they weren't, they were big fat people. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Understand. Uh, yeah. But uh, so yeah, no body shaming here. I'm just no, saying. No, no, they, no. I, we, I know who you are, man. Help first. Yeah. I, got it. I just, that was funny when it came out. All right. So they would buy a lot of sessions, right? But most people would buy like 40, 80 sessions. So they'd be expiring around this like quarterly mark. Yep. So what happened it was we essentially did a completely unnecessary sale and we would decrease the price and people would wait for this promo. They'd wait for it. Right. And this is this is an example of false urgency backfiring. We ran a sale to try and get more people to buy so we could hit our sales goals. And what happened was if you looked at our analytics, if you looked at the numbers for the course of the year, our sales numbers, you would see it peaking every time we had the sale. So every other month we were working against the grain. Like it, we would come off of this sale. And it would be so difficult the very next month to hit our sales goals. Right. Cause you, you essentially sandbagged it. 
Yeah, exactly. But we created an, an arbitrary sale, like just random. Uh, oh, we're doing this in October now. Yeah. So every October, our, our clients that were with us for two to three years, they'd be like, I'm not going to resign right now. I'm going to wait till October so I can get the best deal. And yeah. then I'll just buy like a hundred sessions. False sense of urgency. Totally <laughs> right. And then you end up, you so the, it's a double whammy. Your consumers yeah. end up finding out your pattern. So they mm-hmm. know you're kind of BSing them. So they're going to wait. Because I mean, if anybody else pays the full price, they're going to be like, oh, I got had, which is brutal. Yep. And, uh, yep. and then Dummy. the other problem is that you end up digging into your own margin. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with making money if you're offering high value. So if yep. you're a salesperson in that context where all of a sudden you're stuck and you have to discount to make the sale, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because you're actually going to resent the people that you got them a better quote unquote deal. Yeah. The amount of work that you're doing is still going to be the same. Yep. hundred percent. And this is uh, one of the reasons like at Burley sales and, and with mentorship mentorship companies that I've worked with in the past, when, when I mentor business owners, one of the number one rules we have is no discounts. There's just, there's no reason to do a discount. You, like you said, you are uh, just hurting yourself. You're hurting your clients. And like you, you kind of dive into this race to the bottom, right? Yeah. That most people have heard that term before. Like you really are becoming a commodity and people are going to look for the next time you have a sale and they want a better deal. And now this deal's not good enough. And what happens is you, you encounter what we call like weed clients or these, these clients that are not your ideal client because they're the ones that are jumping on top of a sale, but they don't necessarily like value the service that you offer. It's more just about the price and you don't want right. to be that guy. I'd rather compete against that guy and be the one that's more expensive, but I don't discount my services. If it, I've been, I've been a big believer in, and I'm, I'm not going to say that you can't for everybody listening, you can't discount. There are some people that will have a strategy and mm-hmm. there's, th- that could be for another call, like having a fast action. If you're doing a fast action, taking strategy where, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give you something and it could be a discount or I like to, I much prefer to stack value. I'll give yep. you something if you do it now. You've got to hold your guns though. Like you've got to hold yep. your own where if somebody doesn't take that action step in the they immediate and they come back later and they want the deal, like you've got to be able to say, well, the deal was then. And yeah. unfortunately it's not now because you didn't take the fast action. So it can't be like, hey, I'm just going to give you this arbitrary discount. So and, and and here's what's going to be interesting, guys. As you guys listen to this podcast, there will be times where Jeff and I are going to disagree, and that is okay. Yep. Right. I I, I do. That's what however, it's all about. It, of course. Well, it, it makes it makes it makes it entertaining. It makes for good uh, makes for good podcast and good television. So. Yep. Uh, and the fact and and, and 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 yeah, I mean, like I I like to have negotiation strategies before I go into a negotiation, yeah. no matter what I'm selling. Because then, because that's part of the art form of it, knowing the, as much data before you go in. Coming back to this whole piece of false urgency, though, if you're going to make an offer for someone with a deadline, make sure that that offer, it, once that deadline is done, be mm-hmm. honest about it. Once that deadline is gone, the offer is no longer on the table. Because, I mean, yeah. you, you lose all credibility. Hundred percent, and I'm glad that you brought up the idea of stacking value. I think that's definitely going to be a future episode that we'll go into. Uh, and we talked about that, in the, you know, in the dojo. And like, yes, I would, I would be against discounting, 
However, stacking value is a different approach that yeah. I can more more or less get behind, right? And essentially you're saying like, instead of taking it directly off your invoice, if we do this value stacking, it's kind of like for me, for example, if I added a one-on-one sales coaching call on top of my program. So like if you bought my program for $9.97 and you're like, hey, can I get like a deal on this? And we'll get into objection handling, I'm yeah, sure yeah, that's the yeah. point. Um, I could potentially say like, well, I've got the wiggle room here of a couple hundred bucks. So I could essentially stack the value of saying here is a one hour mentoring call, right? So they feel like they're, well, they really are getting that added value versus me making my program now cost 700 bucks and taking right. my 300 bucks off. And that's taking, that's taking money out of your pocket. Whereas ultimately are people looking for a discount or people looking for added value? Cause there's a difference. Right. The discounts yeah. taking money out of your pocket and the, the essence of, as the consumer, I'm saving money. Are they, are they looking to save money or are they just looking to get more value? And there's, yeah. that's a difference. If you're looking to save money, you can put something quote unquote on sale, just have a deadline, stick to mm-hmm. the deadline and don't use that same sale price tomorrow. <clears throat> Cause that's the problem of false sense of urgency. It's, it's a bunch mm-hmm. of crap. If you're going to now, and, and then there's, there's also different ways to skin this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've seen this even in, 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 in just recently where it's like, okay, uh, there's a product, it's available, it's $4.99, it'll never be $4.99 ever again. And then three months later, it's $4.97. Yep. And it's like, well, that's that shade of gray. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That smells like a, a, a brown to me. It's not, yeah. it's not gray. I didn't lie, but yeah, it's wrong. Like, <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, if you're going to make an offer with yep. a deadline, like the net, there's nothing wrong with changing up your offer and changing up your deadline, make it so that it's like that obviously your, your offer has to be attractive and then yep. change the attractiveness to it. But, you know, ultimately it's like, you know, if you go from 499 to 497, that's like the old story of putting lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. Right? Yes. You know, (laughs) it ain't going to work. Yeah. I I mean, all this to say, I'll give you guys one example before we we carry on because I want to define this a little bit more clearly with you and then talk about some action steps you can do to work against us or what you could do that would be better. But one last example Black Friday sales, right? If you guys remember Black Friday sales about 20 years ago, when it really started getting big and people were, you know, this still kind of happens, but they were fighting over tickle me Elmo's and stuff and, you know, just trampling folks in malls. It was ridiculous because there were actual bottom dollar prices. Like the sales were actually sales. And what's changed since then is I think those retailers uh, those merchandise companies realized they can't, they lose a ton of money there and the long-term benefits did not exist. So now guess what? Sales are all the time. Black Friday is not a crazy sale time anymore. Nobody's really like getting up at 3 AM to go with their family to, you know, or setting up a tent outside of target anymore. It's more sure. We'll get out there. I went the last couple of black Fridays and, and like, you can just go at noon. You just go whenever, and it's my, not. Bad. My understanding is 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 there are I I've never gone to a Black Friday. Um, mm-hmm. th- that being said, 
I've, 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 I know people that have gone and, and, and this is what's funny. Like black Friday is like your Friday after the U S Thanksgiving I'm in Canada. Well now Canadians are having black Friday sales just for a reason to have like black Friday shouldn't exist up here, but it does because it's just another opportunity to be able to sell more stuff. Here's the thing. These merchandisers, what they do is they say, yeah, come and come and buy this product, but then they only have two of them. So they got like 400 people yeah. outside. So yeah. then, you know, limited offer. Yeah, limited. It's so limited. It's like, listen, if you're not the first person at the it. door, like then it's, it's, and then you got to run into the store and go find it. And then I mean, fight people. <laughs> so, so, so they're, again, creating that false sense of urgency. Now there's nothing wrong if, if like right now we're, you know, still in this pandemic space mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of inventory of certain products. And we know that, you know, fitness equipment, yeah, is is a big is a big one. Uh, bicycles, uh, uh, sporting goods, boats, mm-hmm. power sports, okay. uh, like uh, fishing equipment. Like yeah. uh, you, you can't you, you. There's a lot of this stuff, even automobiles, because of some of the things that have happened due to the factories, you can't get products. So, yes, there is actual urgency on this. That's real. Yeah, that is real. And because the demand is so high and they have limited inventory, guess what? prices aren't moving. Yep. See that that's different exactly to the, the black Friday, which has shifted from insane deals to a quantity urgency, like you mentioned. Yeah. And it, it happens with, um, video game consoles all the time. They're, they're most notorious, I think for this. So like the PlayStation five, for example, and what ends up happening is like a bunch of jerks on the internet, figure out a way to hack the system, buy all the playstations and then sell them for 10 X on the dollar. Oh, no way. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Yeah. That's, that's a huge industry, but I digress. So if you guys haven't, uh, I, I guess, pieced this together at this point, false urgency is where you you create a lie, a little, a little tiny lie um, to hopefully get your potential client to buy right now. And you're doing something like saying, this price is only good now. If you sign this contract today, I'll lock you in on this rate. I gave you guys my roofing example last episode where the guy said, shingle prices are going up tomorrow. And then we called him back and said, we're not doing this. And he said, oh, well, if you sign next Monday, it's fine too. So he made (laughs) a a story. He lied to get us to sign a contract that day. And what we're getting at here is that this is bad. This is a essentially the wrong way to sell. There is a way better way to sell that works. I I would say better because not only does it work well enough that your closing percentage should be the same or better as making up lies to get people to buy, but your long-term relationships are not damaged. And that's kind of the big thing with sales is a lot of people getting in sales think that making that sale that day, that one sale right now, is the most important sale. And yes, it gets you started, but no matter the industry, I believe like the most important sale is the ongoing long-term Big time. relationship sales. You sell again and again and again. When I was in personal training, even if they were going month to month versus buying packages, buying a package, you run out of sessions, you buy more sessions. That's another sale. But if they're month to month recurring, like a subscription, they would get their sessions. They would still need to see the value to continue that because they yeah. could always cancel. So yeah. 
I'm selling every session where I'm showing up, proving the value of these personal training sessions and, you know, helping this person get healthier, get more fit, feel better. They need to feel, see uh, those, those tangible changes. And I need to prove myself every single session. So it's always selling. So if you want a long-term relationship with a client where they come back, even if you sell cars, real estate, like those big purchases, they'll buy another house from you in 10 years. 100%. Jeff, here's the thing. And we have a mutual friend of ours, right? Chris Cooper, who actually put up a, a post a few weeks back and I loved it. And I, and I actually took that post and I, I added a, a photograph, a, a, a meme to it. And it's hysterical. And the, the, the post was, you're not going to build up your business on a one night stand. And even in the dating world, yep. people will have this false sense of urgency and the, the lying just to be able to, you know, get to the quote unquote finish line. Like, <laughs> and this is both men and women. It's yep. crazy how people will, what, what lengths people will sometimes go to, to quote unquote, make the sale. Right. right. And, and the fact of the matter is, is if you look at it from a long-term relationship space, okay. And we're, we're let's go back into products and services and whatnot. Instead of the one night stand concept, I go long term relationship. Not only will I be able to offer my clients who I'm giving them something of value and help them and be able to sell them again and again and again, mm -hmm. more so you get referrals and you get more business overall. Yeah. I mean, you want to scale and scale organically, right? I mean, it's not going to happen if even if you've had this false sense of urgency or that even that like you had uh, this little lie, you know what? If people feel uncomfortable, it's like, yeah, it was really great working with this person, but like, I don't want, but it was like, you know, this, this person was so awesome to work with and they're honest and they tell the truth and they're on time and yeah. there's value. Like, I mean, bang, 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 bang. That's going to get you referrals. That's long-term. Exactly. And that that's so crucial in business. And just as a salesperson in general, if you work for a company, and you're a salesperson, that returning, recurring referral business from those great client relationships can make or break you. Oh, if you want to hit your quota, if you want to hit your sales goals, it helps to have people in your corner and people who are lied to will not be in your corner. They will not help you. You will be the salesperson at that company who struggles month after month after month to hit your numbers. And that sucks. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, it, 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 it gets even crazier because, again, you use the example of 20 years ago of when Black Friday was a big deal. Well, 20 yep. years ago, online reviews weren't as prevalent as they are today. True. So now you get into the idea of Yelp, Ooh, good point. Google, Facebook, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I you bought it, but, and you know what? That gives people like, you know, that, that, that. Give them the willies. It's like, nah, I don't feel good about this thing. And like, why don't people buy, right? They're afraid to make the wrong decision. So you can create the sense of urgency as long as it's real. Mm -hmm. and you're honest about it. If you're turning around and you're not, and you're just going to create the same quote unquote deal the next day, like the example of that website with the, you know, countdown timer, which is complete garbage. And we, like people smell that stuff. Yeah. And so when you say, let's, let's say you're a salesperson, you're working for somebody else, you're, you're working and you, you could be making a lot of money working for someone else. If you end up creating these false sense of urgency situations and you change, never mind companies or you change industries, mm -hmm. you never know a whole bunch of people that were your clients in a different capacity 
They could still be new clients and they ain't going to buy from you because you, you lied to them in the first place. It's just yeah. not worth it. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Your, your reputation is extremely important and invaluable. Uh, and you will drag that through the mud if you do this. So yeah. just err on the side of caution here. Now, I think what would be beneficial is that, you know, we, you and I wrap off maybe some better approaches to creating actual urgency or gaining commitment from a client to sign right now. And we'll just throw this one out there. Just the words you use can be extremely valuable and can really help you uh, close the sale right now using things like now, instead of saying today, instead of saying sometime, like, what do you think? Do you want to sign up at some point? You're saying, let's get started now. Like, yes. let's get you started now, right? So just using words, we're just going to throw that out there. When you close the sale, using words like now can definitely help it as well. Uh, another one that I want to throw out there, though, is sort of the the slow burn approach that uh, we train at Burley Sales. And I know it's something you talk about with Army of One, but it's, it's selling on value. It is uh, the thing I hype up the most, which is uh, discovery calls, right? Or discovery uh, intro type sales appointment where we are asking many, many questions and we are digging deeper. We're sort of peeling back the layers as we have this conversation with our prospective client. So I'm asking, what is it you were hoping we could do for you? They're giving me an idea of what that is. I'm asking more questions, getting more details on what that is. And then finally, when I feel good, for example, in fitness, I've got some SMART goals. Smart, uh, SMART, if you guys know the acronym, stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Timely. If I have goals like that where, say in fitness, a good example would be, I want to lose weight. That is a terrible goal, right? But a SMART goal would be, I would like to lose 17 pounds in the next six months because at that point, my cousin is getting married and I'm standing up at her wedding. Yeah. So now we have this very specific and measurable goal that is definitely attainable. It's completely realistic, six months, totally doable. We can do that. So now that I have that, I can then ask, well, why? Like, why is that important to you? Yeah. Why does it matter that we lose the 17 pounds? And you can now, go deep. Yeah, you're going to get real deep. Uh, so, you know, Joe, you've done this in the dojo. I added this to, to the Burley sales program, but the five whys kind of comes up. Now, we're not going to be a toddler and just go, but why, why, why? No, no, why? no. You've got to answer the why. <laughs> yeah. So you ask the questions in uh, you know, the context of the conversation. It has to flow. It has to make sense. But you can dig deep with somebody. You get to this. Everybody has this. There's an emotional tie down. Yeah. There's an emotional reason that they want the product or service that you're trying to sell. And if you get to that, that is the urgency. The FOMO that uh, you mentioned a little bit ago is, is that I want it so bad. I don't want to go another day without it. Correct. Is a great way to create this, this desire or this urgency or this commitment to buy right now. Now, that takes a little bit more work. You really have to do a good intro. And that's something, you know, we design in our programs. But um, if you do that, it also fosters an extremely long-term client relationship because you are the one that connected on this level with somebody. Let, let me ask you this, Jeff, and I'm asking the listeners the same thing. What do you think motivates people more? Pleasure or pain? What's going to get you to take action? Pleasure or pain? Uh, I would like to alleviate pain. A ASAP. Big time. Big time. 
So, so again, in the discovery process, which both you talk about, I talk mm-hmm. about in burly sales, you know, Jeff talks about it. And, and, and this is the whole thing. You know, if you, if we can, and good copywriting, and we're going to talk about copywriting later on in this podcast as well, because mm-hmm. good copy gets people's attention. Well, it's the pain point. You got to do the research of who your customer is, mm-hmm. know your avatar, know your, you got to know your customer better than they know themselves so that you can ask the right questions to let them know. Like some people come in and they say, yeah, I want this. And what they don't realize is that this that they're looking at is actually solving this other pain point that they weren't even aware of because you, yeah. know, you know how to ask the right questions to be able to uncover that. And then you relate with them with good stories and then you get to the now space. When you go and ask these questions that create that understanding of, I have no idea that it's even more valuable because it's solving a pain point problem, that creates the sense of urgency because you're solving the problem and you're helping people as opposed to the deadline is now. And if you order now, you're going to get six more. No, thanks. You, you do it a great work. sales voice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, the voice is great. However, I'm going to do it so that I can help people solve their pain problem or that the pain is gone. And now they're having pleasure with what they, I mean, this is Tony Robbins stuff. And we're talking like 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, and Tony Robbins is what, 100,000 years old, right? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's 60, I think he's 61 now, but yeah, he, he might as well be 100,000 years old because he's using like stuff from the dawn of time. Yeah. But yeah, it's, no, it's, great. it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, I mean, if you can uncover this, this desire, this need, or help them understand this pain point, you brought up a great point. It's kind of like they, they lock away the true pain point. It's, it's way back here. Oh, big time. You really have to peel back those layers to get to it. That's the only way to do it is to ask more questions. Yep. Uh, and if you continue to ask more questions, but better yet, the right questions, mm-hmm. then you get the right answers that lead you to, or lead this person to a buying decision. And that's what most salespeople I think miss out on. I deal with it a lot with uh, mentoring gym owners, right? So <clears throat> in the gym, we're trying to find out these goals from people and they'll come in, go to a gym owner. Gym owner is like, I only want to spend five minutes on this sales opportunity, which is just baffling to me, ridiculous. So we have to overcome that hurdle first, yeah, but yeah. they have people coming in and saying, I just want to lose weight. And they say, great, we do that here. But that's not the goal. That's no. not a good goal. That's no, not, it's a smart not smart goal. as you put it, <laughs> so, which I really yeah, like that. Acronym. We need a smart goal. So you yeah. have to ask those questions. Well, how much weight? 20 pounds. Why 20 pounds? I don't know. It sounded like a good round number. Okay. Yeah. Well, what would losing weight do for you? Right. You just veer course. You just keep going down this path of like, what does this really mean though? And eventually that person goes, boom, mind blown. I guess I did have a bigger goal than just losing weight. You, you want to really dig into it, Jeff? You could go to a place where it's like, okay, so you want to lose 20 pounds and how old are you now? And, and it's like, the guy might say, well, I'm, I'm 40. Okay. Have you got any kids? Yeah. I've, I've got a daughter. How old is she? She's three. Okay. So you've got a three-year-old daughter, you're 40 and you want to lose 20 pounds. When was the last time you went to your doctor's office and got checked and got your blood work done? Uh, you know, and it's like, well, it might've been this or that. And it's like, so how's your cholesterol? So let me ask you, uh, do you plan on walking your daughter down the aisle? Oof. Or do you want somebody else to do that? How healthy are you going to be when she's going to get married? How old do you think she's going to be when she's going to get married? I mean, she's three. Mm-hmm. She's going to be 30. She can, because she's probably not going to be like 18. She's probably going to be around like in her thirties. So this is a long, you understand where I'm going with that, Jeff? 
yeah. as a parent, as I, I could tell you right now, and I just walked my daughter down the aisle and I was like proud to do it healthily speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to be around, by the way, kids, uh, I'm going to be around as, as a grandfather and a great grandfather. I honestly, I, I know that like that. Yeah. It, so there's an emotional attachment there. And I don't, I'm not saying that to manipulate people. I'm saying mm-hmm. that because I know that I, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, I want to be healthy. So I want to help somebody else be healthy. If I'm in that fitness space, like you are giving yeah. an example and that emotional trigger makes people want to take action. There's the sense of urgency. And yet what's interesting is his daughter's three and we're talking about, she's going to get married 27 years from now. He still wants to be, he, we know that we have to do the action steps now to get mm-hmm. the benefits of health long-term later. Yeah. So knowing your, your audience, or it's always helpful to do say an avatar exercise where you sort of draft up who is this perfect client and like, what are their common pain points? Yeah. I know in fitness, the very common pain point is I want to lose weight, but there's much more to that. So then you should potentially do the exercise where you map that out. You say, most of my clients want to lose weight. The average amount of weight they want to lose is this. The reasons that they want to lose that weight is X, Y, Z, right. And just map it out. So, you know, and then when you encounter that individual, you're prepared. And in future episodes, we could dig deeper into helping you all get better at figuring out what are the pain points. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, before you get there, we've got to be able to build a customer avatar. However, I think for this episode, we've we've dropped a significant amount of bombs here. We got into it. <laughs> There's some gold. There's some gold in that episode. The big thing, like in any episode, you guys, is that you got to go out and you got to take action on this. So the whole idea behind this podcast is every single episode, you should be able to take away at least one action step that you can apply to your sales appointments today, right now. If you got one coming up in an hour, take one right now, go and apply it. We talked about fast action discounts. Uh, which is something Joe does. I say, I don't do discounts. So we talked about value stacking. We talked about asking the right questions, digging deeper, getting to that emotional tie down with somebody. We talked about knowing your, your prospect, your client, asking those questions like, you got kids, you have a daughter, how old is she? Three, you know, when she gets married, like, do you want to be the one to walk her down the aisle? Like getting to, you know, kind of a shortcut almost with that one to get to that emotional tie down. But that creates true urgency. And ultimately, if your only action step today is just to stop creating false urgency or lying to your clients, that's good enough for us. That's a, that's a just, huge step. Just stop doing that. <laughs> that would yeah. be great. It, I mean, ultimately, follows you. we want you to help people so that you can sell more, obviously help more, sell more for a reason. It, it also comes down to help yourself because by the, the honest approach is the best long-term approach. There's... Sales has had such a bad rap for so many decades, and we are here to help you guys understand. And we're saying, ladies and gentlemen, when I say guys, uh, we're, we're here to help you make this a legitimate career filled with integrity, enthusiasm, and a lot of fun. And it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's it's very rewarding when you, you make sales based on real urgency, yeah. real, creating and finding real desire for your products and services, because you know that you've done something good. Yep. Uh, and that is valuable. 
All right, you guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Again, this is the Help More, Sell More podcast. You can find us anywhere that podcasts are found, but here's a way that you can help us and throw us a big favor right now is you can drop a five-star review for us on any of those podcasting platforms where you listen to us. This helps us show up in other people's feeds and ultimately grows the show. The more the show grows, the more cool stuff we get to do for you to help you help others. And that's the main goal. So go ahead and like, subscribe, as well as drop that five-star review if you'd be so kind. You can also find us everywhere. We got Joe Marcoux. Where can they find you again? You can find me at the SOSDOJOE.com. Come on, visit the SOS Dojo and come in for a complimentary SOS Dojo session. Handle objections, have some fun. Where can they find you, Jeff? Yeah. So again, I am Jeff Burlingame, sales coach and mentor, and you can find me at burleysales.com. That is B-U-R-L-Y-S-A-L-E-S.com. Uh, we offer a program and we have one-on-one mentoring. You can also follow us on, uh, both of us are on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. So follow the Joe Marku, follow me at burley underscore sales on Instagram, or just burley sales on Facebook. And you can join our free group. Facebook group. We have a free Facebook group. <laughs> this is a private group. You'll have to answer some questions to get into it, but we'll approve it as long as you fill it out. It's just to avoid having, uh, you know, bots and stuff we like that. We have to have the right energy and people in yeah. that space. Absolutely. So we'll be dropping tips there in the future, as well as maybe some live, you know, Facebook lives every now and then that could be happening. So that is called help more sell more, just like the podcast name. Go ahead and join that. And we appreciate y'all for listening. We'll be back on another episode. We out. (laughs) We out.